You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Now, uh, now we have been saved, uh, not by works so that no man could boast. But then it, it goes on to say that God has put forward good things for us to do. So, so there is a correlation there. And that's why I would really place this as the first one, because dwelling with God and resting in, in the gospel uh, truth for us really is the key from which all these other things will flow from. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor, continuing our summer series through Mark. And we're not joined by two or three special guests, just one. And that is... Special guests, too. Oh, okay. Okay. So we got two special guests. Uh, (laughs) You can tell by the voice, this is lead pastor Jose Abro with us. Jose, thanks for being here. Sure. (laughs) Okay. uh, We're continuing the series. This message this past Sunday was first will be last. So Jose, I'd love to give you the first... (laughs) The first and only word uh, kicking off as far as what were your thoughts leading up to this message? I want to know kind of there's a lot of different um, episodes, if you will, throughout Mark. And so why did you pick the ones you did throughout the first two chapters we're talking about today? Well, I said this um, on Sunday, but these three themes or this one theme repeated three times, the first will be last, really uh, stuck out to me. I also saw that he talked about the gospel message in terms of uh, telling the disciples again that he's going to die and and uh, then be raised again. He says that three different times. And then when he focused in on, on kids, that popped out to me too. So there was a lot of reading and rereading and then saying, okay, God, how do you want this all to come together? Uh, I will tell you that the first scene that, that stuck out to me was this last one with James and John. And that's where I finished knowing that 1045 was the theme verse. The son of man did not come to uh, be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Knowing that that was the theme verse for Mark, I, I was focused there. But then everything developed around that. Nice, nice. Okay, well, let's go through. You have five Ds. Yes. Designate, dedicate, depend, deny, dwell. Good job on those. Uh, so we're going to go through each of these. And since it's just us, I'll probably have to do more talking as well. But uh, okay, so the first one, designate. And this was just asking the question, kind of, does Jesus come first in your life? Uh, one of the contexts here, which is based on the transfiguration and how God was basically saying, this is my son, listen to him. And just how we need to make Jesus the priority of our lives to come first. And there's so many questions I could go here first, but maybe one right away is how do we figure out what's first? Because we're in church, so it's like, yeah, of course, Jesus is first. But that is not exactly the case, especially kind of just throughout the week, I think in my own life as an example. So how do you kind of just personally uh, check yourself as far as either notice when things aren't first or how do you kind of just work to kind of uh, evaluate your priorities in your life? That's a really good question. And I do think it is different for people, but there are some things that we all do. So we all have habits. We spend money on something. And so you know um, how you're doing with money when you check the receipts, you check to see where your money is going. So it's the same thing with our time. If we were to check how we are spending our time, then that's how you know what you are designating as first. So for me, one of the things that I do on a daily basis is check where my thoughts have been and what am I spending my thought time on? I'm growing in this currently in more than any other season of my life, but I really want my thoughts to be Christ-centered thoughts and uh, thoughts that are centered around God's mission. And so if I'm uh, anxious, if I'm worried, those are 
easy things, symptoms that I that, that then take me into a deeper dive as to why do I feel that way? And what are those things that are causing that worry or, or causing that sense of concern um, for a situation or a circumstance? And really just inviting God into that place rather than, um, you know, I know that, uh, that that goes into the other D, depending <laughs> on myself. Um, uh, instead, I, I, you know, I can depend on God. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I think you that. Yeah, I think the only thing I would add is uh, the worry piece is good. But I think for me too, evaluating, kind of analyzing what gets me frustrated. I think anger is kind of a strong word. So, but as far as I get frustrated at times and there's things that, uh, whether it's small things or big things. And so kind of asking myself why, kind of chasing down to the root of why am I frustrated? Why is this, uh, you know, making me upset? Because usually at that, it's either exposing something that I'm trying to seek fulfillment from that I'm just not getting because either someone let me down or something let me down. Uh, and so I think that's another thing too, to add to the worry piece is like, what is it that's getting me kind of frustrated? And, and if, if I can't figure that out, usually you can ask people around me and they can tell uh, <laughs> what gets me frustrated. So, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's really good. You touched on it a little bit, but as far as this piece of how do we make God first in our lives, that again, is such a church kind of phrase, but maybe what are some like, just maybe real quick practical tips is this week, how does someone kind of reorient and put God first, uh, just in everything? Yeah, so there's the obvious things like turning to him first at the beginning of every day. Yeah. So choosing to spend time with him in the morning, personally, that's that's a must. If I do not do that, then I quickly start running away with my day and, and start going uh, at things with my own strength versus really making him a priority every single morning. Even if that means just spending five minutes instead of 15 or 30 minutes uh, in prayer and then reading his word. I have uh, this app, the Bible app. I, I don't know what they're called. You, you know this. Um, what are the little icon things? Like you can now rework your home screen. Uh, uh, widgets. The widgets, yes. So I have a, a Bible verse of the day widget. So anytime I look at my phone, um, I'm staring at a verse. So it's up to me to concentrate on that or to continue doing whatever I pulled out my phone um, to do. So those are those are simple things. I, I also think on a bigger in picture, what are the things that God really wants us to do? So what are what are you know things that he is asking us to partake in. How is he calling us to love others? How is he calling us to, I mean, those are, those are all church things that, that right. we say all the time, but if we're not doing them, if we're not, if, if love doesn't really live inside of us, if we look yeah. at other people and we're stuck being jealous uh, in jealousy or in strife or in, you know, any other thing that takes us away from loving that person and wanting the best for them, then those are not the things of God. Yeah, that's really good. I think uh, for me, one thing just through prayer and through journaling really helps me because I think about like a best friend and it's somebody that you talk through about everything and you're like, hey, this happened about my day or they just know what's going on. And I feel like in some areas of my life, you know, I can say, yeah, Jesus knows exactly what's going on. I talk to him about it. I'm like, hey, God, take this. But there's a lot of areas where I just don't. And so I try to get into discipline like you said, in the morning, as far as that time, but even at night before I go to bed, like as if I was to just be like talking to a friend, like, Hey, here's it all happened today. Like that's kind of where I try to talk to him about that and just kind of 
run everything through him and just like see what are ways that I can kind of see through his lens because naturally that doesn't happen. <laughs> it's like, I just think about it all through my eyes and try to figure stuff out. And so I think as far as how does he come first in every aspect of my life and not just the churchy sides, it's really kind of just talking to him about all of it and just processing through and be like, hey, here's here's what was good. Here's what was not good. And I mean, he wants it all. So I think that uh, for me to actually take the time to do that, it's, it's I realize that doesn't happen naturally. And so uh, at least not yet. I, I want to get there. So yeah, I think uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but that's something that you've only grown in. Uh-huh. You didn't. Uh-huh. You don't start there. It's like a friendship. No, you right, invest right. More and more, and with with more time, that develops a stronger bond. And it's it's that way with our relationship with Jesus. Yeah. No, that's that's really good. Okay. So the next D is dedicate. This was you kind of tied in multiple parts, but really just the part about the children and just the aspect of the question here. Kind of the application question is who in your life is overlooked. And you even added in here, like, who does not have the kind of status? So I'd love to kind of you maybe just have you expound a little bit on that and maybe who or how do you find people in your life or maybe identify those kind of people and what would it look like to, you know, kind of dedicate or kind of just serve them? Yeah, good question. I, when I wrote this down, uh, immediately thought of a neighbor that I have. Mm. And so this neighbor, uh, I don't see a lot of action at their place and you know a lot of, a lot of cars going in and out and so that's the first thing when I was uh, reading through this and, and can be convicted in this point I thought about this person doesn't have as many people so because I am near you know, Jesus says love your neighbor so literally love your neighbor who is somebody in your street that you can spend more time with knock on their door just check in how are you doing those simple little things that for those that don't have that at all it goes such a long way so I would say be aware of uh, your normal day-to-day and, and start there. Who are, who are people around you that are already in your you know, schedule that you could be you know, more dedicated uh, to in terms of your time and your energy? Yeah, that's good. I think nowadays, at least within Christian culture too, I think it's probably been for a while, but the idea of public service has been kind of a big deal. Like, hey, like, look at me, I'm giving somebody a, you know, casserole or I don't know why that came to mind. But so I think it's like, uh, it's easy to serve someone when you know that they're either going to serve you back or there's going to be attention drawn to you. Like, I know that's not bad to say, but like, it just, I don't know, just naturally that kind of happens. Whereas I think about even just one of Jesus' commands about loving and serving those who can't serve you back. And I think about that just even with these children and how it's like, these children can't give Jesus anything. Like even us, it's like Jesus gave all this for us, not expecting for us to kind of earn our way, earn our love or whatever. So I think that that's even one for me as far as convicting is thinking about, okay, who are people that I can love either secretly so that they don't know it's me or even just people that I, I'm not getting anything in return because it's, I feel like it's easy to love people when they love me back, but thinking about it's a lot harder when no one sees it and it's like, it really challenges to the root of why am I serving and why am I, am I caring for them? So And that's what's going to change the world right there. If you love people that can't love you back because uh People are going to love naturally the people that love them. But when we break that cycle, we're actually increasing more love to uh, those yeah. that, that, you know, can't give you love. So you're putting love where there isn't going to be love naturally. Does that yeah. make sense? Yes. I was just thinking that through my head. I don't know if that uh, was going to come out right, but that's grace in action. Yeah. I mean, we literally give to someone 
who cannot give back to us. Now, that doesn't mean you won't get anything back, but we have to love first because he first loved us. Yeah, that's really good. And especially since the culture nowadays is constantly trying to find what love is. And so this is this is countercultural, despite everyone wanting to be nice and everyone wanting to, to quote unquote love each other. But this concept of unconditional love or just loving when you can't get it back, that that does set this bar super high that, that Jesus modeled for us. So that's that's really good. Okay, so this third D is depend. And again, talking about children here and just the childlike faith and just dependence on God. And the application question here is, are you fully depending on God? Uh, it's, a, it's a deep question. It's like, hmm, yeah, sometimes. Uh, but but it's difficult, and that's even what the rich young ruler found out as he's approaching Jesus and he's talking about this. And so um, what would be something like an encouragement? I like to kind of ask these questions, but as far as someone that's just like, I can't depend on God because he's let me down, uh, whether through hardship or just loss or just like, like God is good on the good days, but, uh, you know, I, I don't really... I don't, I don't know if I don't really trust him or I just haven't seen him come through based on so much that's that's happened in the world. So what about someone that's like, I, I want to say I can depend on God, but there's just a lot that, that I've seen that I can't quite get there. That's a really difficult question to answer on a podcast. <laughs> you have 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the mystery of faith, isn't it? That you're putting your trust in someone that you can't see, but that you're certain of. You know, we're, we're saying that we fully trust Jesus when we're followers of Christ. Mm -hmm. And the lesson here is Jesus is telling the rich young ruler, I want all of you. I want all of you. I don't, I don't just want you to okay. I, I want you to fully surrender. And he's, he's caught with quite the dilemma. He, he's not sure which way. Is he going to trust fully? Or is he going to walk away and say, well, at least I have money. At least I have resources. Mm -hmm. I, I can make something of myself. I think we all must... And there's going to be a point in life where I think that question is going to come up via circumstance or um, season of life. I would say that, yeah, you, okay, personalizing this. <laughs> Here we go. We sang a song on Sunday um, talking about the goodness of God. And um, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. So I think rarely would someone sing that song and say only goodness has happened in their life. Mm -hmm. And so the goodness of God comes not only through good circumstances, but the goodness of God comes, especially when circumstances are hard, mm -hmm. to hold on to something outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I look back at my life in difficult times and it's from the goodness of God. And that's what makes me, you know, go crazy in that song. I'm yeah. like, yeah, his goodness truly has been running after me. Um, and my hope is that everyone would see that too. Because no doubt, God pursues us. The whole storyline of scripture points to a God that pursues. The God of unconditional love that loves his rebellious creation. That's us. Yeah. And so when we look, I think it's a matter of what do we do we want to acknowledge mm -hmm. that God is good despite maybe some of the bad things that have happened. Yeah. And I think about just something you alluded to, but we all have stories and we've all had to depend on God in some ways. So some some may have been more substantial or dramatic, it may seem, than others, but every single one of us has gone through things where we, we wouldn't be here as far as unless we had decided like, yeah, we're going to depend on God. So I think that 
you, you kind of touched on a little bit, but this being surrounded by community, I mean, it's just important as far as being surrounded by, surrounded by people that are going to remind me and as they're depend on God, as they've gone through circumstances. And so despite what I'm going through, I think about what we read a few chapters ago about the man being lowered through the roof and how he had friends with him that were like, hey, we're going to bring him here uh, even if he can't get there himself. Uh, I also think about, this just popped in my head, but the idea, the role of even children in people's lives. Like I think about Jesus, even the intentionality of bringing them in and then just this idea of childlike faith. I think it's so cool. He speaks to it even just about how he encourages kind of the young Christians to hang out with the older Christians and like for them to mix because I don't know. I think about sometimes I'm only 28, but I think about kids and I'm like, oh, they're so innocent. Like they don't know the world. So of course they like love Jesus now. And then it's like, yeah, I'm 28. So it's so saying that, but like, but seriously to think about when I'm around kids that love Jesus and they, they don't know everything that I know. And I don't know everything that someone even older than me knows, but yet there's still this refreshing sense of like, yeah, I want that. And it's like encouraging and helpful. So I think the role of that too is, is important. And then mirroring that with a child is dependent. So naturally, even though my three-year-old may want to be independent, they're way more dependent than than they're aware of. And it's the same with us. We may think that we're really independent, but we're really depending on something. Either our own strength or different things that we're using as a source of of that strength um, or God or God. Mm -hmm. So here I think Jesus is teaching us to depend on me the way the little kids depend on adults. Yeah, that's really, really good. Okay, so then the fourth D is deny. And this is the question here is, are you willing to give up your status? Similar, again, with the rich young ruler, as far as as he processes through how difficult it was for him to basically be asked to give up and deny uh, his wealth and status as far as becoming a disciple. And so uh, you alluded to this a little bit as far as like being examples of being willing to give up on the rat race or something like that. But but what would this look like as far as um, are you willing to, you know, is it is it only status? Are there other things that we we find ourselves denying at times to follow Jesus? Or kind of what does that look like on a, on a week-to-week basis? Yeah. When I delivered dry cleaning <laughs> for a living, right after college, in college, and then a little bit right after college, I remember, um, you know, that's not a very status-type um, job, delivering dry cleaning around the, in the surrounding Hill Country area. That's that's not, not, not a lot of people dream about that when you're six. But it was a great job. And I remember, you know, it's, it's not necessarily the status of that job, but it was the amount of time. It, it kind of bleeds into these other, like, depending. And, right. You know, um, in that. So the status was, I'm, I'm self-reliant. I'm actually making really good money for the first time in my life. I can actually do this on my own. Um, and it, it, it really is a, a source of becoming independent first as an individual, which is a really good thing. We want to be independent. When we get married, we want to be independent of our parents. That's a biblical response in that season of life, but not to God. Um, And it's the same thing with being willing to give up status. So Jesus goes through a list, mothers, uh, brothers, uh, uh, dad, oh, I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to be able to find it, but he says, when you follow Jesus, that will be given to you a hundredfold. Yeah. And then it says, along with persecution. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the question is if those things were to conflict or if the, if, if Jesus were to say, Hey, I really, either this isn't good for you or I have something else for you. Um, how, how would you, how would you deal with that in, in that time? 
Yeah, I think that's really good. You touched on the fact that they're all woven together. And I was just thinking that because I'm thinking of like, you can't really deny, or you could maybe deny at first, just out of your own self-discipline, but you're not going to be able to sustain that without designating and like making Jesus first and then dedicating and depending. <laughs> so they all really are uh, woven together. And then let's not leave out this last one here. The, the fifth one is dwell. And you just were talking about how, first of all, I'd love to hear a little more about what you, you made a important note that this, if you miss anything else, don't miss this one as far as why is this so important and this concept of resting in the power of the gospel. Yeah, using the story of the rich young ruler, he had told him, uh, God, Jesus, I've done all these things. I've done all these, you know, you've given me a to-do list of five things and I've done them all. So here we have four things and you can say, I have designated Jesus first. I have dedicated uh, my life to those that have been overlooked. I've I'm fully dependent on God, uh, and I've even denied status for the sake of, you know, Jesus. But if we forget to dwell, if we do not abide with God, if, if we don't, you know, enjoy that relationship that he's given to us, then all that other stuff is going to fall into the category of works. And we work as a response to the grace that Jesus has given us. Yeah. It's by grace that we have been faith, not, uh, that we have been saved, uh, not by works so that no man could boast. But then it, it goes on to say that God has put forward good things for us to do. So, so there is a correlation there. And that's why I would really place this as the first one, because dwelling with God and, and resting in, in the gospel uh, truth for us really is the key from which all these other things will flow from. Yeah, no, that's really good. Okay, so then practically applying that, what does that look like? Is it just kind of, I mean, I think I've answered my own question, but does it look like just immersing yourself in the word and just reminding yourself of the gospel, uh, looking for examples of the gospel in other people and in your life? Yes. <laughs> you tell me. These questions. <laughs> I just wanted to break that down a little further and see. Yeah, Romans 15, Jesus um, is, is teaching did I say Romans? I meant John chapter 15. Okay, okay. Um, when Jesus is in the upper room in, in John's gospel, and he's saying, remain in me as I have remained in my Father. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, and, and he says that if we remain, we will then bear good fruit. So, yes, it is spending time with the Lord. Yes, it is serving your neighbor. Yes, it is serving the one that's been overlooked all these things. Um, and, and I think it's a lifetime. I, I would say that it's the difference between doing something to earn a gift versus living out of gratefulness because you received that gift. Yeah. It, two completely different attitudes. Yeah. One is strife. One is trying to get there. One is trying to prove, hey, I got this. Look, I really am worthy. Uh, I can gain this. The other is I did not deserve this at all, yet I was given this amazing gift. Yeah. And I'm going to live gratefully as a response to the giver and the gift. The giver is the Father, and the gift is Jesus and, and what he has done for us. So yeah, I would say it, there isn't just one way, but right. it really is a mindset and a posture. Yeah. Well, and then I think about the significance of, of just Mark 10, 45 being the, not only the, 
the, the message, the, the main featured message verse, the series verse, just even the whole book. Um, I also feel like there's kind of two concepts we're talking about, both kind of selfishly motivated. One is this thought that I need to earn my way. Like it's it's up to me to, to achieve salvation. And the other side is I'm here to be served. And so people around me need to serve me and love me. And so both of those are things it sounds like we need to be careful of and mindful of. But uh, kind of tying it all up here at the end, what is the significance of this verse just in particular? And again, just how do we go about maybe just a applying this in a in a practical day-to-day context. Someone came up to me after uh, the 10.30 gathering and said, hey, what's your favorite restaurant? And I told them, uh, well, Chewy's. And they said, why do you like Chewy's? And I said, well, they have good food. And they said, what else? And I said, well, you know, it's, 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 really, it's a really good value. And they looked at me and they said, what else? And then I finally got it. And they, they, they said, what about the wait? The waiting stuff. I'm like, yeah, you're right. They're fast. They're they're really good, and so it's that good service that then keeps us coming back for more. Now, nothing against waitresses, but they work uh, to gain, you know, to make a living. Right, right. Uh, so Jesus has served us the best gift that we could ever be given, ever, and He is not only there to give us that, but he's there to give us more and more and more the more we come to him. So just like you would go to a good restaurant, we need to go to Jesus um, every day, multiple times a day. And and the more we do that, it just becomes a reality. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.